That's the thing, right? Like you got to have the entire thing. And where most people fail, because between you and me, how easy it is for you to just download a workout and a meal plan for free right now. In fact, I'll even tell you where to go and get one. Like, I don't care. And then what's going to happen? 99.9% of people are just going to fail over and over again because they have never changed how they think. This is the true power of the Fit Hit Coaching Program. We start changing how you hold yourself up, which standards you, you hold yourself up to. And we hold you accountable to that, which is a lot of work. But we do it because that's where the change is. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Matan Gavish, founder and CEO of FitHit. Matan has built his company from nothing to an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in 2020. Matan is a former special ops soldier and Krav Maga combat fitness officer in the Israeli Defense Forces. Following decades of working shoulder-to-shoulder with the best in the world, training thousands of special ops soldiers, U.S. Navy SEALs, NYPD, pro athletes, and security teams, Matan believes that empowerment through training is the key to success, not only in violent situations, but in dealing with any curveball life may throw your way. Through his FitHit program, Matan guides ordinary men and women on how to tap into their potential develop a healthy lifestyle, enjoy customized nutrition, strength and flexibility programs wrapped all in a powerful habit-building curriculum while learning how to handle themselves in uncomfortable situations. Listen in and hear about Matan's journey from combat fitness officer in the IDF to one of the fastest growing companies in the U.S., well, hello, everybody. I am Larry Sprung, and I am here with Matan Gavish, founder and CEO of FitHit. Thanks for joining us today, Matan. Thanks for having me, Larry. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. And just so our listeners understand who you are, and we can kind of introduce you a little bit further from the introduction that uh, we had on the opening, can you tell us about your path to founding and becoming the CEO of FitHit? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Israel. And I uh, ended up serving in the uh, military there, a special ops unit, and specifically got in uh, close to the end of my service into teaching the unit, all of the soldiers, hand-to-hand combat, Krav Maga, and fitness. So I basically took over the entire fitness and hand-to-hand combat training, Krav Maga training for the special ops unit. And then when I moved to New York, basically, I discovered a real need for everyday people to have this knowledge. And it was missing here in the way that I wanted to bring it. So there was martial arts studios and self-defense studios and all this other stuff. But I felt that they were catering to a very specific audience, okay, which is an audience that wants to kind of learn how to fight. Mm -hmm. But once I got confronted with a statistics that one in six women is going to get raped in the U.S. in her lifetime, this is one roll of the dice, right? Right. And anytime, anywhere between 30 and 50 women in New York City get sexually assaulted every week, every week, 30 to 50 women. Crazy. I thought, insane. 
Right. You know, I thought to myself, first of all, why am I not hearing about it? Like, why do I have to go through like multiple levels of discovery to even get this information? Right. right. I feel like this information isn't thrown at us at the level that it should be thrown at us, like other types of info. So I felt that there was this huge need that wasn't being fulfilled because those women specifically would never go into a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school and put on a gi and a white belt and start training towards that, uh, towards the goal of learning right. how to handle themselves. So yeah, so it started with, I opened my first operation, which was Krav Maga Academy, which turned out to be a very successful Krav Maga school in New York. And even though my dream audience was these women that would never want to go into a Krav Maga school, which is weird, right? Like you right. open up a Krav Maga <laughs> school for women who would never walk <laughs> into a Krav Maga school and men also, you know, right. so like I felt that the true victims, the people that are more likely to be victimized are the same people that wouldn't want to walk into a Krav Maga school. And those are the same people that would benefit it the most. Right. You know, so it was like this weird catch 22, this big puzzle that I had to solve. You know, when I first started, I felt very comfortable teaching law enforcement, security companies. Uh, and I was doing that in New York, all over the world, work with NYPD and the Navy SEALs, a, bu a bunch of you know, federal units and so on and so forth. It, it was a very natural fit because it fit what I did, but it didn't solve the problem that I wanted to solve. And it took me about five years of trial and error to figure out that there's a different formula that I would need to create if I was going to bring that dream client in, you know, right. the client where I can actually change the world with. Mm -hmm. Because to make a bunch of tough guys tougher, that's, that's <laughs> great. You know, but I didn't feel that was making the impact that I was hoping to make on the world. So that's when the idea of Fit Hit started brewing, which was a facility. Also notice the change in names, right? From Krav Maga Academy. Right, right, which, right. You know, had, mo most people wouldn't know what it is and the rest of them wouldn't want to be a part of it. Other than that's <laughs> very, very small niche of a, of a crowd that would get really excited about a place called Krav Maga Academy. If I was going to make a global difference... Everything had to be changed on the packaging level. Right. Because I knew that from an experience standpoint, the women that did, that were brave enough to give it a shot and the men that were brave enough to give it a shot, that these are not the men that are looking for a bar fight. You know? Right. They're family men, wife, kids. They hear what's happening in the subway. They hear what's happening to the stuff. And they just want, you know what? If something happens, I want to be able to handle myself. I want to be able to handle my family. And if I will never get into a fight... That's a life well lived, you right. know, like they're right. not looking for the fight. So I knew that I would be able to help these people in order to draw them in a new type of experience, a new type of packaging, a new type of brand had to, had to happen. And that's fit it. Okay? Great. Yeah. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the business and, and what it's about and kind of how you did that on the surface. But before we do, I want to touch on your time with regard to the IDF, because as we mentioned before we hopped on here, I've had the opportunity on a couple occasions to be a guest player with the Israeli national ice hockey team. And many of those folks that I've played with who are Israeli have served in the IDF. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role there and maybe share a story about the experiences you had in their special ops unit? Yeah, so I started off as a special ops uh, soldier. I already got to the military with fairly expensive background in martial arts. That was a hobby of mine since I, since I was a kid. So I was already competing as a teenager, as a fighter, and, and my entire family actually was made out of fighters, both <laughs> military and black belt in traditional martial arts. Right. So I almost didn't have a choice getting the information that I did from a very <laughs> young age, you know, like right. 
a lot of it was drilled down by my family. You had the special ops in my family that taught me like Krav Maga. You had the black belts that were teaching me <laughs> the more traditional martial arts. And then you have Jean-Claude Van Damme on TV, just inspiring <laughs> me every other movie. It's like the trifecta. And the Ninja Turtles, which was going on at the time. And really that became life. I didn't, like when I went into the army, I wasn't interested in soccer or basketball or any other type of sport because I grew up with very, um, a very specific, uh, yeah. So, you know, this was recognized. And at some point I moved up to uh, taking over, you know, the entire training for the unit, you know, as far as what wow. happens, you know, the day-to-day -day in this unit, I can't really talk about that with, with, with the unit, but I can tell you that the unit that I was a part of was uh, a very active unit that have done a lot of good for the security of Israel and still is, by the way, it's one of the highest, it's the, it goes recon, it's one of the highest in regards. But the beauty of it is that I actually, I actually got to work with American special ops that would fly out to Israel to train with our unit. Yes. So our unit had a lot of experience because of where we are. You know, like Israel is in constant battle. Right. So what does that mean? That means that weapons have to be constantly looked at and addressed and, and fighting strategies have to be constantly polished off. And then, you know, the situation on the ground keeps changing, which means that the units need to keep getting better, right? And staying like ahead of the competition, uh, competition, right? Ahead of the enemy, basically, right. right? Which is very nearby, which is a different situation than what the American military is facing, right? Sure. Because everything is far away and everything is happening in like these long bursts of time. So there's this great relationship between the two militaries where regardless of equipment and technology and all this other stuff that we shared, there's a great element of training right? where they would come to us and they would use our experience because our experience is day to day. You know, like mm -hmm. that's why like you do something day to day for 70 years, you get pretty good at it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yes. right? like, that's pretty when much you're only happens. doing it once in a while, it doesn't really uh, sharpen the knife. It's just yeah. different, right? It's just different because... Yeah. Like when you're doing something every day for 70 years, when you're in the same situation, then you see what used to work doesn't work anymore. You see what new stuff does a better job than it did before. So I had a, really, I just had a great time working with Navy SEALs and, and U.S. Rangers, and they were bringing in a whole different like mentality. And like, they got this whole, like we're very different. Right. Even in the way we communicate. Sure. You know, like in the Israeli military, like my unit, like we talk to each other, that's like regular people talk to each other. But then these guys come in and they're like, uh, you know, like they're very like, like, <laughs> like they talk like, yes. like they talk on TV. Right. Like, that's how they talk in real life. Right? It's like watching a movie. <laughs> watching this well, well, listen, thank you for your service and thank you for that help that you've uh, prepared and given to the U.S. military. We appreciate yeah. it. And it's back and forth. I've learned as much as I taught. I gotta say. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Both different experiences, which help, helps both of you. To that extent, how has your military experiences helped and prepared you to be an entrepreneur? I would say that it has 100% shaped the lens through which I look at difficulties, what's possible and what's impossible. When you come up from this world, right? This world of like special ops, they don't look at difficulties and obstacles and issues and problems the same way that other people that haven't trained to think like that do. So I was basically through the service, right? Raised to believe that there is nothing that you can't solve, that the solution is never within more equipment, more funding, more outside stuff. Okay. Like you always have what you need to win the battle. And sometimes it will just mean more force. And sometimes it will mean you have to be smarter but, you know, I guess one, one of the biggest, you know, I like to repeat that. I repeat that when I'm interviewed, but I repeat it to my team on a weekly basis and my students hear it all the time. 
Well, one of the best little nuggets that I picked up from that is no matter what happened on the small things, that's what you got and you're going to win with that. Right. You know, wherever there was a lack, you kept hearing that. That's what you got and you're going to win with that. And it affected the small things, Mm -hmm. whether it was a leaking water bottle, just got you wet through, you know, training or battle or uh, or shoes that don't fit and cut to your feet. You can't walk in that or whatever it is, right? Or food that was spoiled. Now you can't like eat, you know, like whatever that is, whatever the problem and situation is, you keep hearing the same thing. That's what you got. And you're going to win with that. So when you start sweating the small things, you start also not sweating the bigger things. Right. Like you go into the bigger problems, whether it's in a military world, but I've been an entrepreneur longer than I've been a soldier. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. And that's a great, listen, uh, that is a great yeah. mindset to have what you describe because yeah. it puts everything in perspective and it yeah. focuses in on the positive, which is whatever it is. It's like the old saying we used to tell our kids, you get what you get and you don't get upset. It's almost the same thing, except you're putting that positive spin on it. Whereas yeah. well, you're, you're going to be successful. Win. Right. Yeah. You're, you're win. forced to win. On that. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's a small situation, like somewhat small, I don't know, a broken pipe in your operation can shut you down for three sure. or four days. It can be detrimental to any business, right? Depending on how you look at it. I would consider that a small thing. What about a global pandemic that shuts you down for a year and a half, right. which happened to us? Right. Right. Yeah. Great mindset. The mindset has not changed. My instructional team was exactly the same. You know, global pandemic, we're not allowed to open. Well, that's what you got. And you're going to win with that. Right. Now, give, give me ideas because we don't have money. <laughs> no, right. true. No, you're and right. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, can you, for our listeners that may not know what Krav Maga is or how it differentiates from other martial arts, can you just give them like a high level view of how it's different and then how you built Fit Hit around it so you could draw in those people that you didn't think would show up, but you want them to show up? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Great business attitude, right? Let's sell the product to the, to the person who's least likely to want it. There you go. <laughs> but unfortunately needs it. Right. right? So Krav Maga is, a, is an Israeli military hand-to-hand combat system, right? And it was designed to give real soldiers, okay, which is, in Israel, everybody's a soldier. So it's basically designed to give anybody at any size the ability to handle real violence in a world where there are no rules. So the way that it's different from other martial arts, most martial arts has some type of rules, regulations, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. You can win with points, you can win with submissions, you can win with a knockout, and in Krav Maga... You don't think in these terms at all. There's no points. There's nobody's raising your hand in victory in the end of the day. Your goal is to cause as much damage to the bad guy that's trying to hurt you and get home safely, even if nobody's ever heard of that situation. As long as you're home safe, you have effectively won. And what that does is that it opens up your options to become infinite. Okay? Like, what should you do when there's no rules? Mm -hmm. What should you do? So there are all these technical applications that just work really well. And I always, I always like to compare it to, for example, MMA. So, you know, in MMA today, which is the most aggressive legal form of fighting, which, you know, we practice, we compete, we love it. You know, like that's, that's a part of our life too. They got 32 rules of things that you can't do. Mm-hmm. You break those 32 rules, you get Krav Maga basically, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> like that's what it is. So you basically, know, like, if you think MMA is brutal, <laughs> then uh, Krav Maga takes it to even another level. Krav Maga goes to wherever it needs to go, Right. okay? And that's the beauty of it. If the solution to the problem is you running away from it as fast as you can, great, that's what you do. If the solution to the problem is throw that guy in front of the moving subway, then that's also okay. It goes in both directions. And how is FitHit built around that? So what FitHit did is that we took the idea of Krav Maga in hand-to-hand combat and we 
put it as a part of a complete transformation program. So for us to attract the people that we wanted to attract, we wanted to create an experience that is complete life-changing because that's what bring in the person that we want to make. So what did we add, right? We added a nutritional component that is designed to get that person to whatever aesthetic goal that they have. Like you wouldn't go into a jiu-jitsu school for aesthetic goals, right? but you would go to fit it for aesthetic goals. You want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, you want a six pack, you want a bigger booty, you want this, you want that. Fit it gives you that program. Okay. It gives you the nutritional element of it. It gives you the fitness element of it, which is why it's called fit hit Mm -hmm. with fit being the first word. Okay. And hit being the second word with such a high emphasis on turning every single student into an athlete, hitting athletic goals and hitting aesthetic goals. And the tool that we use to get you there is the Krav Maga, is the Krav Maga technique. So Krav Maga and the hand-to-hand combat became one of the tools that are a part of a larger transformation system, okay? Because what do you need to change your body? You need all of it. You need nutrition, you need coaching, you need to be accountable. So every person gets a coach that they are accountable to, to make sure that they actually follow their nutrition plans and all this other stuff. You got your nutritionist on staff to make sure that there's always a a scientist, you know, that you can uh, ask the questions that, that you need to ask and you get the smartest answer and the answer that's right for you, your body type, your situation, your flavor, your whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we've added a mindset curriculum, a weekly mindset curriculum where the students go through, where we change the lens on a weekly basis. And we hit a topic that has, uh, is directly related to high performance. And that has come, you know, from putting together sports psychology, my work with professional athletes over the past year, my work with special ops over the past, you know, a couple of decades and, uh, and our own wins and victories and the business aspect, right? Right. Which is any, any entrepreneur knows that. Before it's an operational journey, it is an emotional journey to be an entrepreneur. Just so people understand and and we can uh, give people an idea of what this is really for, is it really for people who are looking for a workout and to get themselves in shape in all senses of the world shape, meaning mindset, meaning weight, aesthetics, and physical Or is it really for somebody who's looking to defend themselves in one of those situations? Or is it really a combination of all that wrapped together in one? Yeah, my answer to that would be yes. It's for (laughs) both. You learn real-life hand-to-hand combat skills, the same skills I was teaching special ops, NYPD, and, and the Navy SEALs. But then you also learn the athleticism programming that is attached to that, that would have taken a regular person and turned them into a pro athlete. We've done that also multiple times, right? And then you also learn what would be the nutrition, right? What menu, what fuel are you going to put right. in your body to, to make that a reality? You know, people think, oh, I'm just going to work out harder. No, dude, like, if you don't, if you don't, that's the thing, right? Like you got to have the entire thing. And where most people fail, because between you and me, you know, how easy it is for you to just download a workout and a meal plan for free mm-hmm. right now. In fact, I'll even tell you where to go and get one. Like, right. I don't care right. because, and then what's going to happen? 99.9% of people are just going to fail over and over again. Because they have never changed how they think. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where FitHead becomes, this is the true power of the FitHead coaching program. We start changing how you hold yourself up, which standards you, you hold yourself up to. And we hold you accountable to that, which is a lot of work. Right. But we do it and, because and, that's where the change is. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head and, and I'm going to ask you about this, but I think that the mindset piece is so important And a lot of times we focus on taking care of our bodies, exercising, eating right. And we don't hear a lot about the mind piece and changing 
our mindset in order to be successful. How do you think that taking care as an entrepreneur, taking care of your body and your mind translate to business? Is there a correlation between the two? Yeah. I mean, one of our most quoted lines is more ebbs, more money. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to start working yeah. on that too. <laughs> That's an original Matan right there for you. All right. Yeah. More ebbs, more, more, more money. Abs, more money. I like that. Why is that? So it's not just a little little figure of speech that goes around in FitHit every day, every class, you'd hear it being thrown out there. There is some science behind it. There have been multiple researchers that have looked at CEOs and entrepreneurs over time. There was one specific one. I don't remember the name of it. I can look that up later, later okay? But they've checked 1,500 CEOs over a longer period of time. What they found was that CEOs that held themselves up to a fitness standard, right, that were taking care of all of the, of the body, made more money, bigger returns for their investors, bigger M&A deals, and overall lower levels of stress and lower level of anxiety and depression that entrepreneurs deal with on a regular basis from an emotional standpoint. Okay, those that focused on the machine that is responsible for everything that will come out ended up being more successful in business. Now, that is a research that was done independent of me. I went out and did my own research <laughs> and I connected and I graphed over time, because I, I keep tabs of my uh, body fat percentage, mm -hmm. you know, I have a very unforgiving body. So if I like get off the wagon for a little bit, it shows immediately my body likes to retain fat very quickly. So I have to stay on it always. Okay. But I don't because <laughs> right. I'm human. Right. So there's fluctuations, <laughs> right? So I connected the fluctuations of my body fat percentage to how my business is doing and how much money we have in the bank. Interesting. And it's insane to see that the times that I'm the fattest, we're doing the worst. And the times when I'm the fittest, we're killing it. If I ever needed an incentive to go work out, it is to grow fit to the levels that I want to. And the reason that it's connected isn't because that if you work out, you make more money. Th those two are just correlated. The reason is, is when you start holding yourself up to a high standard in one aspect of your life, but a real high standard, it's easy for you to hold yourself up to a high standard in every other aspect of your life also. And the nutrition... And fitness aspect is a really easy place to start because the return on that investment is usually quick. Right. You know, like when you start and you really commit to it within weeks, all of a sudden you start seeing results. So if I can get people to commit to hold themselves up to that standard, that athletic standard long enough, okay. And usually we see it, you know, within 28 days, usually after 28 days of training, which is the shortest program that we have, people would start pointing out to other aspects of their life that are growing in the right direction. It's because if they don't allow themselves to fail in one aspect, they demand more from everything around them, right. more from their employees, their relationships, and so on. Amazing. I think that's going to yeah. stick with me forever. More abs, more money. More abs, more money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what do you attribute your success to that has allowed you to catapult yourself and fit hit from startup to one of Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies? What do you attribute that to? Well. I had to go through a growing process myself. I wouldn't say that it was, uh, you know, it was something that was always in me because it wasn't, okay? For a long time, it wasn't. But I would say that, you know, for CEOs to experience massive growth, they really need to know and learn how to maximize their team to be on board with your strategy and your worldview and connect them directly to it. See, I, me as a person, Matan, I am... I'm a pretty flawed individual. Like I'm not a genius in anything. But what I managed to do is I managed to bring in extremely creative individuals and hardworking individuals and loyal individuals 
to look at what kind of difference we want to make in the world and own that mission as if it was their own, because they can see on a daily basis how many lives they're getting, uh, they're changing and so on and so forth. And once I connected the dots between my personal mission and my personal ambitions and my personal goals to my team, things started to move significantly faster. Okay. And, you know, I can point out to one specific human, okay, Alex Sharfen, that has helped connect those dots for me a few years back. Alex messaging is one of very few messaging out there that you would immediately see changes on the ground and in the performance and in the growth of the business. Interesting. So I can tell you, like, before I went through the process of, you know, training and doing that, you know, during back in the days of Krav Maga Academy, right, when we just started, I think at most I had six or seven employees. And then we made the switch. And in about 18 months, my team was 32 employees, just just before COVID. Right. So we tripled, quadrupled the size of the personnel. And my personal pressure, you know, living in this world of pressure has decreased. Right. Because the team managed to live up to the occasion. Same thing when COVID hit. Those that stayed, I mean, unfortunately, we were closed for a year and a half, but we created this online amazing transformation program we just talked about, right? This legacy program. The team that stayed carried the company not just to survive COVID, but to kill it yep. through this pandemic. And a little business flex, I like to sometimes flex because it's a shout out to my team. In 2020, during COVID, when the world shut us down, the one facility in FitHit outperformed any I Love Kickboxing, which would be a competitor to us right. in the country before COVID. Wow. So we did better than some of our competitors at our worst than they during the best, the best. and did, at the best time, yeah. Did you pivot to an online strategy? Is that what you're saying? That's what you did oh, during yeah. the uh, the pandemic. We pivoted within minutes of us understanding that we're living in a different world right now. So we didn't wait to see what will happen, like a lot of other businesses that either didn't make it because they've waited and didn't have the cash really to pull through on the other side, or. Other businesses that had tons of cash, so they didn't even feel the need to pivot so quickly. They could just like write out, you know, like Equinox. I know Lost opportunity. Huge. Yeah, but Equinox, for example, right? I mean, they, they haven't gotten online. I think they got online in like July or something right. or August or something. It took them forever to start any, even offering anything to their clients because there, there was no urgency there. Mm-hmm. So smaller businesses that didn't act with urgency got smashed. And yeah, so what we did is we actually started online not during the government shutdown, but when we started noticing client behavior is different in New York. Because if you remember back in March, back in February, March, COVID conversation was out there. People were dying. There was no direction, clear direction from the leadership. What should we do? Masks wasn't even a thing for everybody back then, right? right? But the fear was there and we started seeing it, that we just started seeing less and less people showing up in the classes And the first question was, where are we screwing up here? Like, why aren't they showing up? And we couldn't put the finger on what is it that we're doing to change that. So we started reaching out and the the answer came back. We're afraid this this COVID thing. We don't know. Is it in the air? Is it in the drops? Is it it on the surface? Is it on the handles? We don't know. Right. So we came out and we made a statement before the world shut down. Guys, we understand that you guys are worried. 48 hours, this whole thing is going online. And we were operating both online and on location mm-hmm. for until there was the, the mandated, the mandated shutdown. Right. So our pivot was instantaneous. You know, it was in reaction to what the client needed 
at that point in time. I think you bring up a great point because I think there are so many companies out there without naming names that not necessarily are in touch with their clients and understand what their fears are and took the steps that you did to reach out to them and say, hey, we noticed you weren't coming. Why is that? Why aren't you not showing up? And that allows you to really take advantage and pivot much earlier than some of those other companies did for sure. And I can tell you, it goes right back to how we do accountability because we would call our students if they don't show up recreationally, put right. COVID aside. Right, right. We care if they don't show up to the gym sure. and they pay for it. So if they pay to go to the gym and they don't show up, most gyms would look at it as a win. Profit center. Free money. Right. Right. In fact, there's some gyms that, that their entire business model is based on Agreed. that. They're very cheap. If everybody's going to show up, they won't even be able to service everybody. Right. Okay. Like if you're looking at $10 a month, you know, there's a gym not too far from what they charge is $10 a month. In order for them just to survive, they will need 4,000, 5,000 members. They don't have the square footage to see, you know, 3,000 people a day. Right. right. Can only be a couple of hundred. Right. So their business model is we're going to charge very little and hopefully people wouldn't come. That's one strategy. We take a different strategy. We charge more, but it is important for us that people will show up. And if they don't, we will call them up. So for us, it was almost business as usual to see what was going on with them, but but it was in, not in reaction to one or two people just not showing up and giving up on themselves. It was more, we're seeing a trend here, right. okay? More people are not showing up than usual. What's happening? Got to okay? have the pulse on your business, right? Always, man. Got to have Always, the pulse. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're able to pivot and <laughs> you're successful and able to help a lot of people through the tough times we're in, and uh, hopefully it's only better from here. You know, I got to tell you, it's funny to use the word pulse. We actually, every morning... We go through some of the most important aspects of our company, like the management. The entire company actually is a part of that. Every morning, everybody, we all spend like 10 minutes together going over it, and we call it the pulse. There you go. There we you check go. the pulse every morning for 10 minutes. Do you follow traction by any chance? No, what's oh, traction? No. The uh, entrepreneur's operating system. I'll, I'll send you a book offline and uh, give you an oppor- opportunity. It's a great way to... Uh, look at and run a company. We've been using it here at my firm for uh, several years now, and it's extremely helpful. Cool. Uh, so I'll, I'll certainly share that with you. Looking forward. Giving back is something that's important to me. And I think, in my opinion, I think it needs to be part of any entrepreneurial journey as far as giving back into a community or whatever you're passionate about. I know you're involved with, and I'm going to probably botch this up, Drawer. Is that how you pronounce it? Drawer for the Wounded? Yeah, for the Wounded Foundation. What are you looking to help and why did you get involved with them? Okay, so I was involved with them like a while, a few years back. What Drawer does is uh, it's an organization that raises funds for wounded soldiers in Israel that don't get what they need from the government. So I did. I was not aware, and I think most people are unaware, that when a soldier gets hurt, um, they don't automatically go into this nice, easy path to recovery. They go through an insane red tape, very clunky system that many of them wouldn't just don't know how to navigate it without an attorney that is very like well versed in that. And they have to like go out of pocket just to, just to get what is rightfully theirs. And I think a lot of people don't know that. They just think that soldiers are just being taken care of, right? right. Cause they take care of us. So they're, they're probably taken care of, but. So Drawer was created as a way to fill in the gap between them using donated money. So if you have a soldier that's also poor and he lost his eyesight in battle, he would need to like now fight the government to be recognized for all the benefits that come with that type of handicap. If he can't afford the lawyer, 
then he's just screwed. And he's just a blind soldier with no, with nothing, with no options. So, in, so in those cases, if what he needs is a legal representation, then we would do a fundraiser and get him the legal representation and then get him on his way. Some things we just make better for them. For example, give you an example. There was a soldier that lost his leg and the prosthetic that the government sponsors, right. it hurts all the time to put it on. And it doesn't give the mobility that other types of prosthetics do. But other types of prosthetics are tens of thousands of dollars. So we would recognize that need. You know, here's a young man that can live an almost fulfilled life with the right piece of equipment. Right. right? But instead of that, he gets equipment that makes him suffer every day, makes him wheelchair bound. And he might not even need to be wheelchair bound. With the right prosthetic. That's right. the insanity here. Right. Okay. So instead of putting out one of those, I would like compare it to those wooden legs you see in the cartoons right. of the pirate that had his foot chart and you see him like he's got that wooden leg. Right. Versus that, the bionic leg. Versus the bionic <laughs> leg. So you know what? So let's raise $25,000 because that's what a bionic leg cost and give it to that guy. And then you see him three weeks afterwards walking and jogging for the first time in a couple of years. You want and, to you talk know, about and, a change in mindset. That'll right? do it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Awesome. Love it. So that's the mission of that organization. It's a tiny organization. It's not one of those huge organizations. It's one of those organizations that we will find a need. We will go and raise money for that need specifically. It's very different it. than other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes that's better though, because you can go out there, raise money. You <laughs> can show your donors yeah, it's who, nearly who and where a, it's going to. Nearly a hundred percent of all money raised goes straight to the person that needs Is it. Is in need. Amazing. It's almost, almost 100%. Everybody Amazing. in there is volunteers, myself included, sure. right? Almost every organization is a volunteer. So it works well. We change a lot of lives like that. Amazing. So what's up next for Matan and FitHit? What's next up on the agenda for you guys? Well, I can tell you that we're happy to reopen our facility in New York City. We just opened again about a month and a half ago. The thing was lifted. We have a gorgeous 9,000 square foot, which is the largest boutique fitness in the city right now. And we're happy to be back in business on there. What we did, and this is great because it helps us grow in ways that we didn't even expect with the online. What's next for us is a hybrid model of expansion that would include opening up brick and mortar facilities around the country as well, as well as providing online services to anybody that cannot make it to a brick and mortar facility. Right. And both of those services are on a very high level and both of those services will get a person to whatever their goals are. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the pivot's going to help you long term because now you can basically service them when they can make it into your brick and mortar. Great. If not, they could do it at home. If they can never make it in the brick and mortar, they could still basically get that same accountability structure from the comfort of their own home. Yeah. And it's really it's it's quite amazing what we're capable to do with technology right now. We're just wrapping up building a, a smart TV channel so people wouldn't even have to use their computers, phones or anything like that right from their TV download the fit hit channel into your television you can watch the classes live you can watch hundreds of classes on demand with your favorite coaches go back go, go forth so we're basically done we're going to launch it very soon like it's almost completely right. done but you'll be able to just you know turn on your tv with your remote and jump into a fit hit class well we'll be and, looking uh, <laughs> for it by the time this goes live yeah. maybe that's already uh hit everybody's tv no pun right. intended yeah that's right because there's a few there's some delay between when we're doing this there and we're coming live yeah there you go well listen matan it's been a pleasure having you on the show we end every show by asking each guest the same question which is what did you do today that brought you joy 
and put you in the right mindset for success. I did today what I do every day. Okay. I wouldn't expect anything different. You're a soldier. You're a creature of habit, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I believe that there is a lot of power in the morning routine that sets you up for success that is a part of a, of a planning that happens for the day and for the week and so on. So my day starts out with setting my goals for the day. Okay. Keeping it nice and short. This is what needs to be accomplished. And also taking a moment to be grateful for one thing in my life. Gratitude is something that we are really, really pushing at FitHit because it's the best way to knock out victim mindset. Right. And if FitHit's, you know, global real underlying mission is to reduce victimization, this way we exist. We want to reduce victimization. Starting with a victim mindset is the best way to do it. So we hold ourselves up also to that level. Being grateful shatters victim mindset. You can't Amazing. be grateful and victimized no, at the same, it's hard to at the do same time. It's hard to do. So we start the day with that. Yeah. Great way to start the day. And Matan, we'll have this information in the show notes, but just in case, what is the best and easiest way for people to find out more about you and FitHit? So right now, FitHit.com is a good way to get started. But I can tell you, we got all these like programs that are coming in. It's like, it's kind of a mishmash of, of uh, things. You can actually contact FitHit official on Instagram or follow me on Instagram, Matan's Method, for the latest and greatest of whatever we're doing. Great. Okay. So if you follow Matan's Method or FitHit official, you'll always see what is the newest thing that comes your way. We just wrapped up a really beautiful five day, uh, challenge. We are about to unload something else that's new. Great. So. so that's where all the newest and greatest stuff will be right there. Sounds great. All the new stuff. Yeah, it's happening on our social. Yeah. Well, listen, Matan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I thank you for your time and thank you for being here and make it a great day. Thank you, Larry. Have a great one. I want to thank Matan Gavish for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Matan has taken his trainings as a combat fitness officer in the IDF along with his passion for Krav Maga and turned it into a great business. Matan is taking his knowledge that taking care of your body and mind translate to business and life. Through FitHit, he is showing others how to use these techniques also and improving the world. Matan can be found across all social media platforms and all the contact information needed to find him can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.